To enjoy this and other great episodes on Patreon, check out the link in the description and subscribe via the Black Kluge tier for full access to over 100 exclusive episodes. For those of you who would like some QF swag on TeePublic t-shirts, magnets, mugs, what have you, also click on the link in the description. Just do me a favor. If five years from now I was right, you tell me. All right? Thank you. If we're still speaking. Jeez. He's such a... See, even then, he's nasty. Maybe I'll stop talking to you. Yeah, I'll stop talking. Well, I don't threaten people. And and what's so great about it is, is that if I met you in person, you wouldn't have the balls to come up and say that to me. Because I'd sock you in the fucking head. And probably deck you. When I was a little kid, yeah, he just slowed it down. When I was a little kid, my dad would take me to ball games. I would sit there with my hands over my head. I was so scared of getting hit what? by a ball. I was going to look for a Nikki Hilton. Wait, you, but you see, those good-looking rich kid, rich uh, girls, they don't go for a guy like me because they don't need my money. But how, it's my mind, not my penis. <laughs> I have to train. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on training my penis. That's where I've been going wrong. That's why I lost half my money. <laughs> I can't believe my penis. Uh, train the mind. And all you do is mooch off of people. You do nothing. That's, You're a big homo. That's not entirely true. What do you do? <laughs> not entirely. I'm bisexual and I don't mooch off everybody. The single best thing about going out with Howard is that we get courtside seats to the Knicks game. Yeah, we loved it. Damn! <laughs> when did you have your interviews? During how, the day. How, how am I supposed to find a new job? Send out smoke signals? See, how anybody would leave that job that you left with us. And uh, the one thing I don't respond well to is humiliation. I don't respond well to it at all. You know, I don't want to be told what a shithead I am. I don't want to, you know, this is, those days are over. I've, I've suffered enough in this business. I don't need to, to find out what a shithead I am. But look at your hair. I mean, every curl was manufactured. It's terrific. And you're a radio guy. You're not even on TV. This, I am on TV. I'm on demand. And I was on E for 11 years. Yeah. So it's the number one show on E for It was exciting. I mean, Gary's got a wife and kids. And if I leave, who the fuck is going to hire him? Just help me out. Turn out the lights so I don't have to pay the electric bill every minute. Ah, uh, oh, it makes me sick. The hair is real, and I, and I, don't, and I, don't, and I, don't, and I don't color. Don't get too frisky. I mean, if I'm thinking of a good yank, you wouldn't know just... No, no, it wouldn't all fall out. No, I have my own hair. And you dye it, obviously. I do not color it. As you can see, what? I have some gray in it, but no, I'm very blessed. My, my oh, grandfather... Look me in the eye, I'm repeating. I swear on a stack of Bibles that I don't color my It's that three months into this relationship that you told him, Howard, this relationship is all about you. Oh, I think I knew that from day one, <laughs> but I'm okay with it. It's all about him, Ed. We watch TV, what he wants to watch. We eat. We wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning. We go to bed at 8. We... I love it, though. It's yeah. my life. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to uh, QF, quite frankly, a Howard Stern podcast. I am your uh, designated driver for today. I am the. Uh, I, I will not be drinking for this session. I have responsibilities later on tonight, um, and I'm kicking myself in the shins for that. But uh, I am your boy Jay Santi here today. I am going by. Um, Miss America reviewer Jay, and I'm here with, of course, the lovely, the vivacious, the fun-loving Raven. How's it going, my dear? Hi, James. Glad to be your co-pilot on this ride, and um, looking forward to wrapping up this one on Miss America. It's uh, part three, so I hope everybody's been enjoying so far, and uh, 
I'm sure <laughs> if we get to everything that we plan on, it'll be a fun ride. I was thinking earlier about us sitting back and doing this uh, this review and this this uh, uh, overlook of of the um, of the the I guess the shout outs that he would call it in his book for the crew and. It kind of reminded me, I for some reason I was drawn to our favorite show, MASH. And yep. reminded me of the episode when uh, our, our guy, Benjamin Franklin, Hawkeye Pierce, uh, has to go to the front line to, uh, uh, to help with the injured soldiers there. And he realizes how dangerous it is. And he begins to write uh, a living will and testament. Hmm. And he he goes through and gives his um, his thank yous and he pays his homage to his fellow uh, um, persons at arms and his fellow people of comrades. Medicine, his yeah. comrades. And I said, "Wow, Wiggy did the same thing here, but the opposite." <laughs> he just basically exactly. while wow, Hawkeye sat there and um, showed so much love and endearing to his his fellow soldiers and such. Uh, Wiggy. Basically threw a lot of his peoples under the bus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In Wiggy fashion, it wasn't even his work. It was the work of a fan that wrote a letter. And he saved it and used the fan's work as his own in his book. Yeah, it's... um. It's very, it's very Wiggy to say that uh, I did all of this out of love, but yet still finds a way to just berate and make those around him feel like shit. Yeah. It's, it's quite amazing that, you know, he can stand there and say, I gave you this life, but what he gave them is just a pittance compared to what he kept for himself. If they were so beloved and admired and he was so gracious for their work, then he should have compensated all of them much better. And rather, he hoarded the marbles. And still to this day, I mean, you see staff that, like, can't live in the city, have to move out, have to sell their house, um, have to do other gigs, have, you know, just sell with his YouTube channel, um, different things. And it just goes to show that, you know, he hasn't changed his colors or his spots at all in all these years. I, I was just recent. I was just recently uh, passed over some information uh, that's going to make the social media rounds. As you guys know, I do a podcast, Termocal Tabloid. It's a wrestling podcast. If you might have heard it, uh, and there was a salary that was released from 2005 to 2006 of all the wrestlers on the roster. Oh, and it's substantial numbers. I mean, ridiculous amount of of salary rise. I mean. From the full roster, I could only probably say a handful, probably six, seven, maybe, were only making five figures. Everyone on there on wow. their is making six figures a year, plus you know, accoutrements, you know, first class, you know, first for mm-hmm. tickets, uh, hotel accommodations, and stuff like that. But for the for the most part, the the masses were um, being paid well. This is 0506. Okay. Now, I'm not equating the Howard Stern universe to WWE, but you know, at one point in time, that that show was a cash cow. It was bringing in ad revenue. It was bringing in 
tons of uh, of of markets and such and. Yeah, it's true. Roster could be in a, you know, could be up in in the three figures, as in hundreds of of people on the roster. Wiggy only had, you know, you know, twenty five, thirty, you know, at at his time being, and some of those people could have been paid handsomely. Right, he has double that now on staff, with most of them probably being, uh, let's see, paid per bit, uh, contractors or. People who are just used maybe once a month for something. Or there's people who just record songs for them. The parody songs, the intro song. And some of them are doing mashups. They did an EDM one this week that was just (laughs) god-awful. And I think that some of those people are just... This is like a part-time gig or a hobby for them. It's not like a... he, He says he has 75 on staff, but I'm guessing at least 20 of them contribute just you know once a month right so to look at their numbers but then you have certain people like wilding and blit who've come to the forefront and then you still have ronnie coming in hein Bowie, robin's cackle um which her fake laugh has gotten really bad lately mm-hmm. it's nothing like it used to be Bowie's voice is shot i listened to something from 15 years ago with Bowie, and then i listened to this week's and the comparison is just, it's like two different people. It's so scratchy. It's all used up from cigarettes or pills or whatever has <laughs> gone on with him. Like just age in general. You know, he's lost his timber. He's, um, it's not sounding the same. But back to the money, that will never change. And, you know, the way things are with Sirius having 475 layoffs of employees. Everybody's wondering, is anybody from Wiggy staff going to go? And honestly, it's very possible. They may offer some of them like smaller packages, maybe without benefits or less, less pay. And it'll be interesting to see if anybody steps down or just, you know, decides to hang on because they got nothing else going on. Like Mamet comes to mind because he just got married and you don't really hear from him very often. Every once in a while, like with Lenny Dykstra, he'll be a handler for him. There's talk that he might even be out in LA working at Sirius. So maybe they're picking up other jobs through Sirius while working for Wiggy. But um, Richard and Sal are still around. That's the one question people seem to ask a lot. And Benji um, anybody else I really can't speak for. Um, Ralph still calls in once a week. Ronnie's used for about an hour each week, but you know, I, I think they're all getting paid hourly. It's just, except for Ralph, I'm sure he has a yearly salary and, uh, expectations. <laughs> Let's just say that Wiggy has a him to arrange certain things or be certain places for him. I don't know. Shopping. Now- now, if 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 they are layoffs, are there uh, packages being uh, uh, created for for exiting employees? Will it be mentioned on the show? No, never. I don't believe so. Um, if anything, there might be a Jennifer Witz impersonation with some passive digs mm-hmm. that maybe the staff would write into that. Um, I just don't see him bringing it up. I do see him possibly bringing up Andy Cohen. Recently trying to be squeezed out of Bravo Mm. because he loves to shit on Andy and 
Andy, you know, is in favor, in good favor with Jennifer Witz. So um, anything he can do to keep Andy down, let's say, because Andy has two channels on Sirius and Wiggy has two. So, of course, Wiggy's probably trying for a third like Andy got with his music channel. I'm sure that could be a reason why he talks so much about music facts off of breaks and commercial bumpers, like with uh, leading in with a song and then fun facts about it and you know, complaining to Fred that one of them wasn't on his playlist and they might not have the rights to him at Sirius, but I think there's also avoiding royalty charges and then trying to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and possibly getting a third channel, which is just like a Wiggy's approved music channel. These are just thoughts. I don't have proof of any of them, but I, I have to wonder like why all of a sudden last year he started talking so much about music mm. and you know, he had Jan Winner in from Rolling Stone magazine, who's on the board for the Hall of Fame. And he pretty much determines who gets in, who doesn't, or who gets voted upon to be put in. So it's just interesting the way the the plugs roll. And he's he's in with Hulu, Amazon, Netflix, those things. He only mentions stuff if there's money involved. He won't give a brand name of something unless there's a kickback for him or something in it for him or his staff, let's just say. Long gone are the days of Snapple commercials. <laughs> Long gone are those days. Yeah. Heineken too, right? Yeah. Long gone are those days. I, uh, I'm i still amazed that there's even still two channels. I mean, with, with all the content that he can't stop on YouTube, um, all the, 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 um, the audiences that's been uh, scurrying away from, you know, Sirius and the channels and such. I'm even, I'm even amazed that they still will give him two channels. The, the 101 Sternthology is really, I think, given control was given to John Jan Hine, who programs it. But as far as I can tell, there's, you know, nothing substantial there. I don't even know if they replay the show on there. Because I looked for it one day after it ended to start clipping, couldn't find it. So I don't even know if they do the replays on 101 anymore like they used to in the afternoon. I know they do the wrap-up show at 1 o'clock. I never listen to that, usually because I'm so burnt out by 10.30 <laughs> after the show's done. Or I'm trying to grab clips. Or yeah. I'm, I actually have a job I do in the morning, believe it or not. I have a 40-hour-a-week job, so... <laughs> There's that. There's phone calls for kids, school, doctors. Wah, poor me, right? Wah. So um, when I'm spinning all those plates, I just can't bring myself to listen to the wrap-up show. Unless I know there's going to be a guest on or something that I might want to hear. But there's always replays of that, too, on the app. So, <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> so, so well, we're, we're going to go into the, the closing of this um, three-parter. Uh, and uh, it's been interesting because I've also, while although I've, we've been doing it here, I also go down my own um, moments in which I listen to the, this, uh, this 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 audio numerous times, and it still astounds me on how uh, Wiggy just um, his love, his way of showing love is just to say, "You guys aren't shit without me." <laughs> this is basically his way of going about it. Yeah. So let's go down to it. All right. All right. 
record for everything. Now, as people took your word for me on your book. Now, oh, oh, I did. Everybody said that was a love letter. Not in my, not in circles that I travel. Right, sure. Now, sure. <clears throat> what circles do you travel in? Pretty low <laughs> ones. Pretty low ones. <laughs> circles you would not want to travel in. They're not horseback riders. <laughs> now, let me tell you something. Everybody said to me they gained a new appreciation of Howard as a human being from my book. But no. See, Those I, are the people I, who I talk learned, to you and are afraid to tell you uh, what they right. thought. I learned things about yeah. Howard that I never knew before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Things that I didn't necessarily but, but want I brought also, out. I, no, but I right. also appreciate Well, I certainly appreciate what you. Is that to get back at me what you wrote? No, I thought that I took the high road. Oh, All yes, right, thank sure. you. That was very observant of her to, to acknowledge that, well, is, is he throwing stones back at me? Well, yeah, of course. I mean, these two have so much like passive aggressiveness and stuff there. They've been sitting on and stewing with for quite a while. Even he said, those people only tell you what you want to hear. They don't tell you the truth, you know, and that's kind of a projection because he knows he's going to get some of that himself. Mm-hmm. And it's a matter of weeding out, well, who's telling me the truth? Who can I trust? And I find it funny that they're both in the same position. Mm-hmm. They're both throwing stones at each other and trying to make it sound like it's a love letter to the other one. And they just can't come right out and say, like, the nicest things. There's always got to be some side digs going on. I find it interesting that we're looking at this point. By this point, we have two uh, authors in the in the uh, the Stern universe. Later on, we get uh, Jackie comes out with his book. Bowie comes out with his book. And yet we have still uh, we still haven't heard anything on uh, the Martian side. Will the Martian drop a book once all this is done? Uh, hmm. what, 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 would Ralph drop a book when this is all done? No. Um, it's interesting to see who else in this universe would actually drop a book or would anyone even care afterwards? I kind of think Fred wants to just lay low. Mm. He he doesn't want to be bothered by people. He doesn't want to do a book tour. He doesn't want to be badgered with questions and people trolling him. Not necessarily us, but just fans in general, you know, with questions. And if his marriage is imploding, which I think it could be, because a lot of times that happens when your child goes off to college mm. and they become an adult. Parents, suddenly the marriage isn't working like they just did it for the kid. And um, he never he never mentions Allison anymore. He'll mention Tess, his daughter, but he won't mention Allison. And uh, that's kind of telling in a weird way. Mm. I, I wrote bad things about you. I'm no longer heard about it. I wrote. I bad, got over it. What bad things did I write about you? I wrote that you saved my life. I didn't want that. No. So sorry. Oh. That's Jackie's bad for my image. You did. Right. Jackie's just mad at me for saving your life. See, something had to come out of that. Dream. And Fred, what's that, my friend? In line with what Robin just said, I saved your life. Oh. Okay. Thank you. Oh. Actually, Gar- actually Gary. No, excuse me, Fred. Own. Fred, look at me. I gave you life. Actually, Gary did. All right. 
He called 911. <laughs> I just, you know what? I, I expected the worst and got it for me. That's, you know, I mean, that's what I expected. And you deserved it. No, but I, I didn't expect it. Oh, that. please. It was a comedy glowing you know, thing. I, and I talked about what a great producer you were. That's all that matters. Three the lines, point, but that's okay. Three lines is enough. You know, the few people, you know, how many people more lines say than you'll nice get today. things about you? How many people care? How many people see you as a talented you, you have no, genius? Jackie. And, and our thanks, Fred. Yeah. Robin, <laughs> don't throw yourself in with Fred. Our stop, stop being his lawyer, okay? Give me a break. All right. Is that glowing tribute? If I did anything nice for you, stop being his lawyer. Okay. Fred and I will be fine. Yeah. You know that. Well, I know What's that. What's the problem? That look he gave her over his glasses. Mm-hmm. Stop being her lawyer, and he like glares at her. You know he cannot take anybody defending Fred, or the fact that they might gang up and share like join their forces against and go against him. He does not take well <laughs> to the numbers in the room. And Jackie's pretty quiet here. You know, she's sticking her nose out there and her chin, I guess. Um, yeah, Fred kind of rolls his eyes when Wiggy tells him, I gave you life. That really, oh, that's that just sticks in my craw when he says that to people. They all gave each other life. Like, none of this would have been possible without this combination. Right. It just wouldn't be what it it was at its high point. And yet, he has the nerve to take total credit for everything. Their, their marriages, their houses, their cars, their families, their children, everything. Sickening. Yeah. But the other thing, too, is that. Fred really does not know how to have a conversation or a debate because anytime that I've, I've, I've heard he and Wiggy go at it, it be it the cookie puss conversation or the Allison, uh, um, Tony and Tina's weddings conversations, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Fred never knows how to respond to, you know, a statement and such. He just, He's awkward. So the best thing for Robin to do is to be his litigator, his lawyer, because he really doesn't know how to put it in 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 in, in terms and where we can have a healthy conversation. He doesn't know how to do that. And as for the uh the 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 wiki train riding along, yeah, you got a group of foiled individuals who probably wouldn't been able to rub two sticks together to light a fire who found a way to get band together to form this group. Yeah, it's it's very um it's just very telling to me the way that the the energy in the room and Robin always of course puts her foot forward first and Fred kind of rides along gets a few jabs in but she she has no problem here sticking you know like i said sticking her chin out and going at going after him what's the problem problem is uh i need to sell more books right now (laughs) (laughs) no i i fred what my friend too bad Uh, (laughs) i know that's the general attitude around here and jackie F you. <laughs> That's the beginning of the chapter. Yep. That's right. And then also the end. <laughs> F you too. Oh, Jackie came in this morning on fire. He was like, F Jackie. 
<laughs> F Jackie. Now he's happy because you're upset. <laughs> you don't understand. He rebels in my misery. This is saving my misery from Jackie. He rebels in my misery. Right. He rebels in my That's not true. Uh, not even a little. Okay. Like, like, like to see me boil in the pot. I love it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Listen, Jackie hates you, Fred. I, I love that. you. I know that. Jackie's the first guy to come in. Why? You know, I don't care what Fred makes. And, and hey, I don't care if you fire Fred. Give me what he makes. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got to, if you've got to get the money together that way, get it together that there way. There's a conversation that's taking place. <laughs> like he's always said, it's a tribe of two Indians, and Jackie has to be the chief. <laughs> <laughs> and I defend you every time, pal. Well, I wasn't going to write that in the book. Good, well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't thank want you to for covering anybody. me for saying something <laughs> like that. that <laughs> and uh, if you want Jackie fired, then so be it, Robin. We'll take care I have of it. never said, you see, there's a misnomer. Uh, I have course. never said fire, Jackie. Right. I have said, wait, why no, wait, no, wait. negotiate? Wait, wait, let's not start this again. Why no, screw the commercial. You why just said you do this. Shut up. Right. You just said you had that conversation shut every up, year. Said. Every year we to did. Fire me. It's the truth. And now you're back It's family? not to fire you, it's to let you go. Uh, listen, Robin, Robin, you're on fire this morning. Oh, man. Everybody calm down. All right. I'm all getting right. heart palpitating. All right. I all mean, right. we're all being so honest. <laughs> Jeez. All right. It's just comedy. It's jokes. Everybody mellow out. Jackie, she's kidding. Make sure you come running in here giggling. Don't I'm, I'm going to come in to tell you I love you. I tried and she's going to hug you. And you spit on me. <laughs> See, Jackie knows that that giggling is her defense mechanism mm -hmm. for yep. avoiding emotions. Um, I just did a breakdown of Robin's astrology chart with Kayla and Fillmore sat in for it. But Kayla and I firmly believe that her moon in Pisces in the eighth house is what makes her unable to connect emotionally in relationships. I mean, all of her relationships have pretty much failed because she is unable to provide any kind of nurturing or any sort of semblance of humanity in those, you know, if it wasn't her way, it was hit the highway, that kind of thing. And people just got fed up with her bullshit. Same here with Jackie. Jackie's like, don't come in here during the break giggling at me because he's not having it. He's not, he's not really laughing. He's just sort of keeping a stone face during this, which, and then you look at this, pause where you have it robin's in the back just laughing her ass off because she knows this is good radio she knows that it makes wiggy happy and she knows that she can spit out some truths about jackie that she wanted him gone she was tired of his bullshit or negotiations and the fact that he would actually how dare he try to get more money when he's he's the main crutch on the show for all the notes he's sending to wiggy all the jokes, all the, you know, bits that he's writing. And what does she do? She barely is coherent enough to get the news out at points with her ums and ahs. Yet she can sit there and laugh at Fred or laugh at Jackie. Mm -hmm. And she knows her job is secure. So she can say whatever she wants at this point. Ah, oh, Robin, the lioness, the Leo in yeah. the group. <laughs> All right, why don't we take a break? Obviously, the show is metamorphosizing into something very warped <laughs> oh, as a result of my new book. It's got a pseudopod it's now. It's changed. Right. No, it's... <laughs>
It's just gotten it's more morphing. interesting. It's morphing into something horrible. It's getting ugly. It is getting ugly. All right. Why don't we take a break? Let's see if we. You hug uh, Jackie. I'll hug Fred. All right. All right. Then I'll hug you and you hug me. I'll All right. Hug we'll her be back after later. you hug him because he's a homophobe and he won't let you. He is a homophobe. True. Well, we'll have to see. Fred, you are a homophobe. Okay, if you say so. Remember that night we were together and you were afraid to get him how dressed you, in front of me. How do you construe that as homophobic? You were afraid I was going to come on to you. I know it. I, I read it in your eyes. Not even close. All right. Not even close. You were ashamed of your own body. Go I, on, I am very modest. Go. Okay. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. Maybe I'm not. I don't have that kind of thought process going along with me, but I don't ever have these thoughts of sharing a, a space with a man and believing that. I think he's afraid. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to. You know. Get it on with him, or try to to push up on him. And I, I, I don't have these thoughts. And no, he'll try to sit there and say, try to sell it like if it's in a comedic form. But you have it on. You have it in the book. It's it's there forever, dude. Like, and this is not the first time you make these comments. You've said this about numerous people. I I don't I don't know where his mind goes when it comes to you know. Man-on-man interaction. Honestly, he still does it to this day with Fred. Literally uh, every week, every other week. And it'll just be a subtle comment, you know, about, well, I would never blow a guy unless it's Fred. And then you just, like, that's his joke. That's his wiggy on the fly joke. But Fred doesn't even respond anymore. He just, he just kind of shoves it off and doesn't give it the attention maybe that Wiggy would want or any kind of laugh even Robin of course giggles but he's been doing this for a long time yeah and no and honestly you're normal that's the thing you're a normal straight guy <laughs> who you know you're in a room you have to get undressed around other men fine you all just do it you're not having these thoughts of you know them creeping up on you or them afraid that you're going to creep up on them and i just don't i've been in locker rooms you know with women for sports and you know uh going to the gym when i went when i used to go swimming and getting changed in a locker room you just mind your own fucking business right if you have to drop your towel and you're naked and you're getting dressed you just do it it's not you know yeah there's stories of stuff like things going on but Honestly, I just find myself somewhere private and go do it. I don't, I, I, I'm not yeah. looking around to see who's looking at me. I'm just going to do whatever I got to do. Yeah, my modesty goes more along myself because I'm just not comfortable. Like, not because I'm afraid someone's going to you know, sexually attack me or something like that. It's because I just don't feel like being like that around other people because of me. That's just how I am. Mm-hmm. Whereas, they have conversations like, do you ever look? Do you ever sneak a look at somebody else? I'm like, no, I've no, I don't do that. No. <laughs> Jesus. Give him a hug. I really am. He doesn't have to hug me. He's not in any mood to hug me. <laughs> I'm hoping he'll hurt you. He's gotta give you one. And him and that wife hugs. that I found her a romance and I found her life and I got her an acting career. Mm-hmm. She's probably egging him on. No, she's not. Oh, yes, she actually, is. Actually, no. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get a hold Egging of her. Egging him on no, to do what? Not. About this? Oh, of course. No, she's mm. never egg- me on about She doesn't understand me comedy me. like you and I do. Never egg me on about it. She's not the geniuses that we are. Yeah. Right. You definitely are a genius. Well, thank you. 
I write that in the book several Fred times. Fred will say that even in his anger. Even in my anger, I must admit that. <laughs> Thank you, Fred. And I admit that about you. I'm a dog. <laughs> That's what I admit about you. You're very smart for a dog. You're a talking dog. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, to this day, man, it's like... You're I, upsetting I, Jackie. It's like... I, like, I, like I, you know how I, I love Jackie. I don't want it upset. All right, let's take a break. Jackie, I'm sorry if any of this upset you. I, this no, whole dog Whitney. thing he's I've Mr. never Mr. heard before. I don't understand what that means. You have joke. to read the book. I said, Fred, wait a second. I'm going to read that part right now on the air. <laughs> I, I, I demand that I read that on the air. I'm going to allow myself to read that on the air. I don't normally read my own book on the air because, quite frankly, I think you should have to go out and buy it. You shouldn't get any of this for free. Free plug. But cheap. Pop. let me find the dog. Oh, here it is. All right. Yeah, this is kind of long to go into, but yeah, just that those last couple it was, of months. Okay, it was the most unselfish act and the nicest thing anyone had ever done for me in my short broadcast career. This is me talking about Fred. In this awful broadcast world I lived in, everyone was busy kicking one another in the teeth. All the announcers were too busy and worried about their next announcing gig to help anyone. Fred took time out of his busy schedule to help a nobody like me succeed. There was nothing in it for him, no hidden agenda. I once read, now let's get to this. I once read that dogs were the only beasts in the animal kingdom who had chosen to align themselves with man. Out of every stinking animal on this planet. It, it sounds bad, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. No, I'm, I'll stand by this. Out of every stinking animal on this planet, only the dog wanted to be aligned with man. Like a dog, Fred had chosen to be aligned with me for no apparent reason. And like a dog, I chose to be aligned with Fred. I call us both dogs. All right. And thank you. Fred, read, read the book. Okay, Fred. Is there another sentence? Nope. Just as, oh, okay, just as no one could explain why the dog chose man, no one could explain why Fred chose Howard and why Howard chose Fred. Fred was an ally. Oh, that's a horrible thing to say, Fred. How dare you? I want an apology. <laughs> Mother dear. How dare Okay, so that's not helping. No, it's not. It's he not. He called him a beast, a dog, and that... Howard was the man always. Howard was never the dog. Right. But Fred is. And I don't know what Fred grabbed, but I know I saw him get that. Um, it was a cart. He grabbed the a cart. cart. Yeah. Super quick. He knew exactly what he wanted. That's like mm. the genius of him that we always used to refer to back in the day, which I love to see. He knew exactly where it was. Right. And he wrote, he scribbled something down. I don't know what it was. I can't, I can't tell yet. Mm. But. The fact that Wiggy thinks this is helping, he's just driving this point even more into the ground. They're not letting, like like a dog, Fred's not letting go of it, and Wiggy's not either. Even the comparison, it's I I have I have a pet. I have I have a dog. And I picked him from the pet shop. And okay. when he came home with me. He aligned himself with me because I fed him. I gave him <laughs> I gave him shelter. He got a bed. And for 14 years, knock on wood, mm. he has been my loyal guy because I gave him shelter. I fed him. <laughs> I gave him a bed. Yes. Like he said, I chose him and then he chose me. This is the same comparison that Wiggy's making. You're not, you're not helping the situation, sir. Not at all. 
Hey, oh, suddenly, <laughs> I read the whole thing, Robin. Didn't sound too bad, did it? It was pretty bad. Oh, Robin, <laughs> tell the truth. You've always been honest. I was, I'm telling you, uh, Robin, you have you to are obnoxious. This relentless. <laughs> Hold on. Is that the extent of yeah, the dog analogy? That was the dog analogy. But it's on oh, after oh, all the You know, seven. Jackie, yeah. Jackie. No, I'm just asking yeah. a question. That yeah, is the, the extent. Has, she will not admit it. He's called me a mental patient. He's called me a marker. I called me a dog and you a dog. He's called me a dog. If you're a dog, then I'm a dog. Hello, look at me. The only reason I've kept around is hey, because I mental case. Schmeckers. Look at me, Schmecker. <laughs> Schmecker? What's a Schmecker? When dogs align themselves with other dogs, it's as a pack, is is as a group, which I can say the group, yes, you guys are a pack of dogs. I could say that. But in the comparison in which he was saying with Fred and he, that's not where he was going with the analogy. That's not mm -hmm. say on this show. He is awful when it comes to analogies. And which, by the way, I, I, I've always meant to say this, but Fillmore and the crew, you guys are geniuses for naming this show, quite frankly. Because when I first heard the name of this show, <laughs> it, it's perfect. Because I always observe that he says, he, he says that tagline all the time. He still does. Bravo to, to everyone. <laughs> He just said Schmecker. I like that. Hey, look at me. What? I said you were a dog and I was a dog. We were drawn to, to each other. Now, I didn't call you a dog and me a man. For no apparent reason. No apparent That's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Good night, everybody. I, you know what? You know what? Screw you all. I'm taking the book off the it's market. It's the seventh grade level. All yeah. right. That's, That's all. <laughs> That's all. That's all. <laughs> I'm going to open up the phones. I would like to know what people think of all this. I don't know. We've, well, gone, what? we've gone three, about any of this, three hours of uh, no commercial. We were just a commercial-free arguing. For well, a, this is a therapy session. Everybody was hurt. Well, Tom is hurt the most because there's no commercials. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back right after this. What's going on? Come talk to me. What? Come talk to me. Oh, Jesus. I have to pull... What are you doing? You have to pull news? Uh, are you looking for facts that are <laughs> that corroborate your story? No, there's no corroboration. So are you really upset? I'm not upset about anything. It seems that Howard's upset. You know, you can't have a reaction to what he wrote. I don't know. I mean, that's the way it struck me. I, I used to think this is exactly what the problem is. I used to think we could be honest with each other on the show, but it seems that that's all gone. So how does that get fixed? I don't, I don't think it's fixable because nobody can talk to anybody anymore. So you feel like you're being honest, but it's just falling on deaf ears? No, I think I'm being honest and, and I'm getting looks like I don't want you to be so honest anymore. Woof. Woof. Wow. That Woof. was that was some loud robin there. And that high pitched kind of squeal that she lets out. Not to mention she can't look at the camera. I'm a big proponent of body language and learning from people mm. and reading their energies. She did not want any parts of that of that interview right there at the fax machine while she's scrambling to get her news that she's gonna butcher anyway. And then <laughs> <laughs> the fact that she's the only one who's honest, it's all, you know, she's always the angel and everybody else is the bad guy. Right. Typical Robin. Yeah, she she's she came in with the intention of putting him on the spot. And they had they had they had points, but could just 
just couldn't drive it home. Just, no. just like the baseball analogy. You got man on second and third, but guys are in scores and scoring position, but you just couldn't bring him home. Just couldn't bring him home. Everybody was left on base. Ducks yeah. on the pond. Yeah. So the book in question, Miss America, it so happened that I had the book. I had it. Um, it was one of those instances where I was, a, you know, at the time I was in the Stern Colt and I was able to find it uh, um, at the Jersey Shore one year. And I said, oh, I should pick this up. Mm-hmm. So is that I actually had gotten Miss America first and then private parts after. Don't even ask. It was just a weird thing. Don't ask. Okay. <laughs> even still, at the at the time of my purchase, I... I actually was able to get the book for six eighty five. <laughs> oh, that's great! So um, now that we, you know, we we, we brought this up, I, I was able to dust off the old um, cross dressing cover and say, "Let's let's go let's go inside to see what the real hub hub was about, which was was um, what, what comments were made." Um, when going when you're going back into the book, what was your thoughts about the comments made? The wait, which comments are you talking about? The anyone because for instance, I, I didn't I didn't touch on Gary's um the comments Wiki made on Gary because oh okay yeah many of the the, the comments Gary made uh, that that Wiki made about Gary is something that he spoke about all the time. It wasn't anything new and reverent. It was just his normal um. He's a half-assed producer. I brought him in from, you know, as a scraggly kid. He still makes mistakes. He's still um, bumbling, has no clue. He comes in as a slob. But he's a good producer. Right, and, all of that. And then, but he he gets the job done. Or yeah, he's, a, he's a, you know. He's on my save wavelength. But it's because of the price you got him for. You, you, you're getting him for, for, you know, pennies on a dollar. Sure, you get what you pay for with him. Uh, The Jackie stuff, same thing. Nothing too crazy because Jackie's cheap. Jackie's horrible when it comes to negotiation time. Um, The F Jackie stuff was legitimate because that was the tagline. But also at the same time, it was F Jackie because Jackie was a nuisance to him. He was a headache. He, um, While everybody was, trunk the tail, trunk the tail. Jackie was the one that said, you know, no, I want to have, you know, negotiations about my money, about what I'm putting in as a work. So that that was really cumbersome to Wiggy. Right. I'm going to say, for the most part, that the little bit that Gary got written about him was a bunch of digs and then a compliment to smooth things over. And even Gary said, you know, I got like what was it? Three lines or three paragraphs about him. So for as much as he said, you know, the little bit that he did say about Gary, uh, Gary seemed fine with it. You know, he knows at this point he's, he's still getting beaten down and he hasn't come back to really have a voice yet at this point in the show. Uh, Jackie, on the other hand, you know, that's where is this, this is where we got F Jackie from. That's the creation of it. The the one that found I found more interesting was the Fred stuff because in the book 
he mentions, uh, we, we hear about the dog stuff, but I thought the real deep and telling stuff with Fred was the fact that he, um, he didn't want to really pay too much of a compliment to Fred for basically saving his career. He wanted to make it seem as though more of, uh, you know, Fred was just around and he didn't really have much to do, so he would help me on my show. But what we really found out later on was that Wiggy was a mess. He couldn't organize. He couldn't put things together. He was uh, disorganized. And when he went into um, the, 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 the studios in Hartford and such, and such Fred was a guy that helped to carry him along because he really didn't have any much material. Well, we've seen how organized Fred is with his carts, his memory for where stuff goes or finding the place for these albums and putting the album with the album cover. That was right up his alley. And I think he honestly enjoyed hanging around the studio because he probably didn't have much else of a life. So for him hanging in the studio and being Wiggy's dog or helper assistant and cleaning up and organizing. I mean, Fred may have even just found it atrocious that Wiggy was so lazy and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just uh, disrespectful to the records, you right. know, to leave them laying on the floor and a disarray. So maybe Fred just couldn't stand, you know, maybe he's got some OCD and he couldn't stand to see that mess. So he decided just to hang out and then who knew he did a Howard Cosell and a Richard Nixon or all these old timey voices back then that came into play on the show or he would help out whatever it was like helping Wiggy. So I think Fred was just kind of drawn to the studio and that job in a weird way. And then because Howard needed the help so badly, it just kind of was, uh, Convenience, a friendship of convenience at some point. What they found out later on, because they said how odd Fred, his behavior could be and how um, antisocial he he Mm. was with them early on. What they find out later on is that Fred probably had the legit upbringing that Robin wrote in her book, where Fred was abused as a a, a kid. True. He didn't have a great relationship with his with, with 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 his father. He hated his grandfather. So there was tough times going up. He and his brother didn't have a great relationship. They 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 weren't on speaking terms for for many years. So when Wiggy walks into the life of his loyal his loyal dog Fred, <laughs> Earth Dog Fred goes to, you know goes hand in hand. Fred was coming from a place to where he wasn't trustworthy and such. Um, Fred just saw that shit. I got to work before this guy or after this guy on a shift. And if I'm going to come in to see this place a, a mess and it's all over the place, right. I might as well situate this guy now before, you know, I have to do all this shit when his, his shift is over or before his shift starts. So I might as well just get it out the way. The other aspect is when it comes to Fred, and which was mentioned in the book as well, is that Fred never really hung out with the guys or you know Robin and such together after the show. The only time that they would hang out together was in writing sessions. Other right. than that, 
you know, four hours with them, five hours with them, he needed himself to decompress. So what he would do is um, stay in the studio, organize the cards, you know, um, get in his... If anyone had OCD, it would be him. And that was never really discussed on the show before. But um, just, a, just a segment of the book, it said, Fred was an enigma. Half the time when we would look for him in the show show's meeting, we don't even know where he is at. Uh, the station isn't as big, and there's really no place for him to hide, but Fred manages to disappear. It's one of those scary, inexplainable phenomenons that keeps the uh, Martian myth still alive. Hmm. Fred didn't want to have anything to do with you people. No. He, he he took it as and in many cases. I love I love my crew when at work. And I don't know how you are with yours, but I love the people I work with. And Absolutely, many, yeah. Any of the guys I can say I I I would either socialize after work with, and I have, or and many other people, it's like I do my 7.5 and I'm out the door. I don't I don't need to be with <laughs> Fred is that guy. Every time with Fred, it's like, Fred, are you coming out to Jackie's party? We will see. <laughs> Fred right. is all, we'll see. So they always found that odd. Also, Fred was a smoker, so he could easily slip out of the building. Right. Go like around the corner to the back or to a block, you know, go down a block. And no one's going to find him then at that point. He's just going to blend in with the rest of the city. So I think Fred, right, didn't have social thing, social game. And maybe he just saw these people for what they were and was like, I don't want to spend any more time with them than I have to unless it's work. Right. And for example, there's another part of the book where it says, sometimes when I talk to Fred, he has this, his eyes got glassed over look and looks towards the sky and appears to have traveled to another planet. It doesn't really socialize with anyone for the show. He guards his privacy and is really usually uh, uh, exhibited uh, a mass distant of measures. He used to wear uh, two watches on his wrist and wouldn't tell anyone why. <laughs> <laughs> kind of weird. That, that that is kind of peculiar. Oh no, that's that, old. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, unless it's one didn't have like uh, seconds on it, like for commercials or figuring out songs. I mean, if you have one that's, you know, the digital kind back in the day that you used to be able to have like a stopwatch on, those kind, that might make sense. And then just another one, maybe four. Who knows? That was like a family heirloom kind of thing, but um, two watches is a little strange. Fred is eccentric and it could just be more of the myth of Fred, you know, the big mystery that, cause he doesn't expose himself. And when he has, he's gotten beaten and burned for it. So right. yeah, I wouldn't either. And granted he had a terrible upbringing. So that can damage a person for life. I, I, that's the only thing I could really have empathy for Fred for is the fact that, you know, he wasn't, he didn't have the silver spoon. He didn't have anybody on his side growing up. He sort of had to make it on his own and figure a way out of there. I don't know how close he was with his mother, but I know the men in his life have disappointed him greatly. Right. So he, yeah, he might be a little, um, not so sure about Wiggy in this case, but at least he didn't want to have those records damaged because he needed them for his show. So it could have been purely selfish why he put those records away for him. I don't know. 
and and lastly, before I touch up on you know Robin, um, <laughs> uh, he 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 loves to stress the fact that uh, Fred is a homophobe, and uh, whether he is or not, once again, I touch upon the back of his his upbringing, and you know they always said that Fred was raised in the sticks with the with the Latvian mother, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know. And although they they have found later on that his mother was very open sexually because sure. of conversations with her and his stepfather, who he grew in a, a a fond bond with with his stepfather, right? Um, he did have his he did have his early misgivings about other men. So there's possibilities, like I said, that there was something more to his abuse than uh, he it, it led it led on to. Right. It, there's no telling, <clears throat> excuse me, with what went on in Fred's early life because he he's not writing a book. He's not forthcoming with it. Like Robin, who has no problem dishing on her dad, but sudden, you know, that's just another thing. But Fred, yeah, he um, he's a hard read, but he's, you know, it seems like he's raised a good daughter. So whatever there was in the family cycle of karma or whatever you want to call it bad habits he seemed to have broken that and was there you know as a not an absentee dad but just a dad who was present and involved very proud of his daughter he always spoke well about her never a bad thing yeah and then with you know with with them tying together with this dog analogy it just doesn't help you know the the relationship this is why we all i often felt that he's he's wiggy's built the bond with robin because of the need her need her the necessary uh of her status on the show the black Mm -hmm. female she is the reason why i'm not supposed to be looked at as a racist or misogynist because why would i be that i have a black female at the other end so he has to, you know, once again, trunk the tail with her. Whereas with Fred, although Fred has the longest history with him, Fred it will always be in some way, shape, or form as the guy who made my career, but I'm not going to tell anybody that. <laughs> Just like I'm, he doesn't want to admit that Jackie wrote most of the jokes for right. him. He can't bear to give credit to people in a genuine, legit, 100% way. There's always got to be some... Um, some way of just pulling them back down just enough. It's always genius. Anytime I hear this say, how is genius? And I go, you people use that word very loosely when it comes to him. And I don't understand that. And one person that does it much is Robin. And it was interesting to find out uh, his thoughts about uh, uh, his thoughts about Robin and their progression and uh, how they've come along. And, uh, I, I just looked at the last uh, paragraph for her her chapter, and it's about her being cured, quote unquote. Mm, okay. And it's just a knock on her to say, "Yeah, you 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 went through the couple of weeks, a couple of months of quote unquote therapy, but once again, it's you saying, eh, I don't need this. I'm out the door.'" She cured, she, she diagnosed herself. 
and that was all that was it. you know she was she was she got enough work with the therapy to be able to function in life to the point where she wasn't constantly flying off the handle having nervous breakdowns you know losing her shit for lack of a better phrase here and once she learned how to control her anger I, ha- I have to question, is that when the cackling came in, the the laughter was her defense in learning to deal with letdowns or disappointment or anger in the world? Is that just what the laughter comes in to do, to kind of just bring her to like a baseline so she can just laugh everything off? So... We often we often say that um, Wiggy is not one to uh, be very uh, mindful of his analogies. He he's not very well um, associated with with putting two things together and making it similar in certain ways. No, but um. There was one part in particular that was very interesting when he it was brought upon about Robin, and uh, this is the one that we, we uh, you you focused on, um, which is the Hitler and Mussolini analogies. Oh, those were spot on. I, I'm not a history buff. I can't confirm that the comparisons used to the figures in German history during World War II are correct, but if they are, then the way the person who wrote the letter matched them up did an unbelievable job, even as far as putting Ralph as Ava Braun, which <laughs> <laughs> might be one of my favorites. It's it's a tough one. It's a toss-up between Mussolini and uh, Ava Braun. So uh, we have a voice from above who actually read off some of these um, these 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 analogies, and um, he, the voice might sound familiar to you guys, but if if not, you, you'll get it later. So uh, one, this is on on one aspect in which was was the comparison made. Oh, voice from above. Robin Quivers plays the part of Benito Mussolini perfectly. Mussolini considered himself superior in talent and intellect to Hitler. Of course, he was mistaken. Um. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Because, you no. know, she is known to be the, I guess, the brightest of the bunch in there. Well, I- she tried to have her own uh, talk show. She... I had the chatter, which lasted on the 101 channel for like a month with uh, Will, Will Murray. And, you know, she was pretty much left to writing book, her book, one book, right? And then, oh, the vegetation books, Education. the girls' night out, the foundation, 15 foundation. She had to find other outlets for her knowledge to spread <laughs> all of uh, her dieting and living healthy until who came knocking the big C and yeah, her health. She never uh, got back on that health train pretty much after that. I mean, 
come closest this year with uh, her fasting technique, which we still question. You know, in the days of Ozempic now, it's hard to know who's telling the truth about their weight loss and who's taking the easy way out. So, listen, she her her magic and her uh, uh, her trips to Guatemala and such apparently apparently didn't pan out the way it should. No, the shaman just didn't do his job right, I guess. So, la medicina. He said you need to take la medicina. <laughs> Mussolini watched with jealousy as Hitler took command of the European political stage during the 1930s. Il Duce wanted desperately to become a major player in European and world politics. Due to lack of talent and resources, he could do little except sit on the sidelines and hope that somebody would notice him. <laughs> Funny that the voice from above is very oddly familiar, but even so, yeah. It, it, it's 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 very similar to you know private parts coming out the movie and the book Miss America, um, the e the e um the e show the the CBS show the and sixty minutes he did the sixty minute piece in which she said she was jealous when she saw it right she got cut out of it if she did right. record for it and yeah that didn't you know. And then for her to sit back while he complains about Ed Bradley's funeral mm -hmm. and being put in the back, she wasn't even at the funeral, but like he invited himself. Let's just leave it at that because of the 60 minutes interview. Like that was recent or something. So yeah, the, the she has to pieces, sit back and seethe in jealousy. Sorry. Yeah, had, go ahead. No, no, I'm saying the Dateline pieces, the biographies he had, he had a lot going on and she's, She's like, oh, like the old Dane Cook line. Oh, why not me? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> well, you didn't have a team Just of writers. Robin agrees and with and laughs at each word you say. Mussolini was Hitler's bootlicking puppet. His favorite words were, yes, mein Fuhrer. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm wondering, I'm wondering what would be, oh, oh, I know her, uh, her, her. Her tagline will be, oh, Howard. <laughs> <laughs> You're my bootlicker, right, Robin? Right? Oh, Howard. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, oh, whenever something's shocking, it's, what? <laughs> I didn't know that. What? Kurt Mussolini showered de Fuhrer with gifts and compliments whenever Hitler enjoyed a political or military success, but Mussolini would secretly complain to his own fascist ministers that the arrogant Hitler would soon meet his match and suffer devastating defeats. Ooh, now there? Hmm. Hmm. That would be interesting. Well, as I far as predicting, I think Robin predicted Wiggy's divorce. Right, and that he would be married again. <laughs> that's, that's, that's another Within a year, yeah. <laughs> Or, um, hmm. The one thing I would say is that she never, like, she she didn't uh, say that there was any other challengers to the throne of, of King of All Media. But, you know, she had to be aware of the up-and-comers, like an ONA, um, and, the, and the likes of how um, morning, morning radio, especially with the Spanish stations, was overtaking them. So In New it, York, yeah. It, you had to be aware of that even LA, LA was destroying them with, with the, with in the markets. So it's, uh, it's interesting. 
I wonder how she felt about the recent Bruce Springsteen interview on HBO and the super low ratings that that got, like the 0.02 rating, which was, what, 200,000 people watching? Wow. So she wasn't part of that, really. (laughs) (laughs) 0.0. Mussolini did dare to start a few projects of his own, such as the... invasions of Ethiopia, Albania, and Greece. In most of these independent ventures, Mussolini was in over his head and he had to seek Hitler's help to bail himself out of trouble. Oh, did we mention the chatter? (laughs) 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 Did we we mention her her Sally Jesse Raphael? Oh, you read my mind. There you go. (laughs) Oh, man. Oof. How did that go? (laughs) (laughs) Mussolini was the last person in the world to realize that his rise to world prominence came upon the coattails of Adolf Hitler Mussolini would have been a complete failure if Hitler was not around to hold his hand Hitler ignored Mussolini's many shortcomings and remained extremely loyal to the fallen Il Duce Hitler was willing to do anything to preserve the illusion that Mussolini was still a powerful and talented man although no one else believed this to be true Oof so when they talk about songs that portray Robin as sexual in any way, he's still keeping that facade of, you know, she's she's sexy and hot going, um, talking about her makeup, her hair, and how skinny she is, things like that. Always cracks me up because it's just like he's trying to keep up this, you know, talking her up in a way. Also, the hand-holding, when she was getting her surgery he went and got the doctors at sloan kettering mm-hmm. he made sure to be by her bedside when she woke up he paid for all that most likely and he still says to this day i'm the reason you're alive so he holds that over her head just like hitler would with mussolini which by the way does he still to this day try to sell that she's sexually active or stuff like that every now and then there'll be a song about robin or there'll be Uh, drops that Fred plays and he'll often put her in a conversation with say like Reggie Jackson or Stephen A. Smith um, in in that she could be with them and that oh what did they call it this week Uh, uh, plucking her banjo when she plays with herself about Jake Gyllenhaal who's doing a Uh, UFC movie (laughs) uh, yes they do portray her in a sexual way still. Oof. I Mussolini might sorry. have been better served if he could have recognized his limitations. He could not accept the fact that he was not a world-class talent. He would have served the Axis cause by accepting his role as Hitler's political mistress and by following Hitler's instructions. Yep. Well, that pretty much goes to say about what he says for the longest time about not only her, but the rest of the crew. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know if it's his fear that actually disrupts everybody else's universe or the fact that he may be right, but he does always question these individuals. He's always questioned Jackie. Why do you need to do Star Search? Why do you need to go and speak to these uh, these newspapers that are just going to lambast you? Why do you do this? Same thing with with Robin. Why, why do you really do that? Why do you need to go on um, um, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Why do you want to do this? Why do you want to do that? Jeopardy. And Jeopardy right. and such. It's like, 
I never well, got to see or really understand at the time why he was doing that. But, you know, I, I can honestly say that, you know, he might have been right. There's two ways of looking at it. And it, depending on how she comes off on those shows is one, she's plugging the show. She's getting right. free press. Right. And it's it's like an advertisement for the show. Right. Um, but that can go badly if she comes off unlikable or looks stupid, you know, or does something embarrassing. Even if you look stupid, there's a way to be gracious about it. You know, be like, I'm nervous. I, I can't believe I said that. What is pawn? Um, <laughs> just there's a way to carry yourself and, and be sweet and likable. But if you're just going to be hard like she was on Sally Jesse, then no, do not put her on TV because those things just aren't going to help your brand. And that's what it comes down to with Wiggy. It's all about what they can do for him. Yeah, it, it, it he always, you know, gave for the most part, he gave everybody else shit. But for like her, he he said, I prefer that you didn't do it. But he'll also say that, yeah, at least she'll be able to represent the show a little bit more better. Mm-hmm. I remember when Fred did like a gig on a um, on Fuse, which was like a third rate MTV channel. And he, he had like a, a segment there. And uh, he's like, Fred, like, when when did you become a, a personality? <laughs> like he was like, he's <laughs> yeah. But you know, I don't know. I I, I kind of think that in this in this segment, the 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 person who put this together kind kind of kind of nailed it. Absolutely, I it was dead on. So um, to wrap up the 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 three part in, in whole, what's your what's your take on? Um, because this is basically uh, what maybe thirty years uh, almost to the day, you know, almost to the year and such, almost of. What was during that time period his thoughts about the crew? Do you think that those similar those 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 feelings are still there, or have do you believe that some things have changed his his feelings and beliefs on the crew now? Not for Fred, no. Um, it's kind of proven, you know, like with Jackie. I think what he said about Jackie kind of came true because the contentious negotiations just didn't pan out Mm. and it was it was almost like it was building to a crescendo of well fine fuck you if this is it this is your last chance and he always talks about that wiggy always talks about last chances and how you blew it it's based on a beatles song Mm. and i hate beatles talk but it's something i think that when wiggy's mind is obsessed with revenge or resentment or people who have crossed him in his Mean Girl Burn book, that Jackie is a definite front runner for, you know, most most hated. Like Jackie kind of turned the tides on the show because the show became something different. Sure, it opened the door for other comedians and then Artie to come in, but like those years with Jackie were something special. And he could even look back and go, you know what? We got some of our best ratings. When he was on the show mm-hmm. and as much therapy as he's had, I don't know that he can recognize what Jackie did for him. So that part 
I, I, I often wonder like how he sees Jackie or is he just still bitter because Jackie didn't do what he wanted him to do or Jackie couldn't get up in the mornings or for whatever reason. And that Jackie will go out and maybe talk badly about him and that's never going to fly. So that would put him in like permanent seventh level of hell for Wiggy. Um, Gary, nothing's changed. Gary's even controlled by Marcy now. He's got a wrangler for Mm -hmm. him and he keeps him in check all the time. Probably once every other month or once a month putting him in his place. Like he just had to come on this past week and tell everybody how he spent $500 on a bottle of scotch for Bowie with his name engraved in it. But he's sick of birthday gifts and he doesn't want to do them, but Beth makes them. Mm. So it, it became like something nice got turned into something bitchy and braggy. So there you go, Bowie. Enjoy your scotch. Um, <laughs> he says that he can't get out of doing gifts with Robin because she has nobody and he's like her work husband and he feels bad for her. So even that, like her gifts are just, you know, sympathy gifts, empathy gifts for some, even though he doesn't have those qualities, he just, I think beef has beat him down so much that he knows that he has to do something for her because if he doesn't, he'll never hear the end of it. And they both like, she'll shower him with a ton of gifts and Oprah journals and stuff that he'll even admit to throwing in the trash. But there's some, there's some dance they will continue to do with their gifts, whether they're good, bad or ugly. And then they use it and pay themselves back as content on the air every year. So all that, money he spent on Bowie's bottle bought him like 15 minutes on air talking about gifts um the way he talked about Fred and the dog thing I think it's just Fred is just so beaten down and for example this week there was again talk about the greatest guitarist of all time because Guitar Magazine put out an article and ranked the top 20 or 25 Mm -hmm. well Fred got in a couple minutes too many of dropping knowledge on everybody and arguing with Nowicki and Bowie and Robin and Howard was trying to jump in. He's like that annoying kid at the party who just like is always trying to insert himself in conversations that he knows nothing about. Mm -hmm. And the adults are trying to talk. Well, Fred was trying to talk and he was making good points. As far as I could tell, I'm not a big guitar person, but everything he was saying was backed up with examples and knowledge. And he, he put up a good discussion. All of a sudden, Wiggy chimes in and goes, Fred, what happened to you? Where, wh- the, where did the, all this come from? And he like basically told him to shut and ended that segment. So Fred doesn't have the personality to be social. But when he knows something like music and guitarists, and he's able to speak on it for like three minutes on a monologue all by himself and debate people on why they're wrong. He got punished for it or degraded in a weird way. So, yeah, I mean, if I'm beaten down enough, he's still treated like a dog. Honestly, it not that I care because Fred's a dick to me, not <laughs> to me, but like in my mind. I was about to say, hurt you. He throws, <laughs> The way he throws around the C word and talks about women when he's doing like Ronnie impressions or Bubba impressions. I just, it's, it's not that I'm soft. It's, it's just that 
it's it's too much and they're nothing it's nothing creative or new it's the same old bullshit over and over and i just get tired of it honestly well with fred it's always been is who's your friend it's wonderful friend <laughs> yeah take that. Fred? it is wonderful and it's always been like the two main subject matters that fred would you know come alive with it's either music or supermodels. That's all we pretty much know him for. <laughs> and the fact that they did the whole Winfred's money segment, which I'm pretty sure is rigged. And he always went second. He always had headphones on that we don't know what was playing in him, what he mm. was listening to, or if the questions were prearranged. So no. it just doesn't, he hasn't done enough to make me a cheerleader for him in any way. Um, even it's hard to be a cheerleader for any of these people because I believe everyone is awful in their own way on this show, whether it's personal, social, on the show, to each other. I don't know. I mean, we've got good reason to think Bowie's cheated on his wife. Okay. So yeah. Uh, Robin ditched her little sister, Leah, <laughs> you know, like they, they all have awful qualities and they've all suffered and had health issues and people in their life die. But so have I, you know, you move on, you, you grow and you mature, but for the, for the sake of this show and being in the spotlight as they are, it's hard. It's really, really hard as the years go on to find likable qualities for anybody there. I think maybe Richard, even though I know he plays up the dumb Kansas guy, uh, Missouri guy is, what is it? Kansas city, Missouri. So yeah, yeah. I just, Sal is just a creep. I can't, I can't find anybody I like on this, on there. I'll go with Richard, even though he's kind of really disgusting, but like, he's just a, Kid at heart. His wife is an Eagles fan, so I'll take Christy Christy, <laughs> Kristen Christy. Um, yeah, it's it's really tough. I mean, Wilding, I hate. Ralph, I cannot stand. Beth, I hate. It's just, <laughs> there's no redeemable qualities within the group. Blit is awful. The new girl, Sam, I, Samantha, it's just not our Sam. It's mm. a girl in the show that's a writer, and she does the Ivanka Trump voice. Mm. Um, they've got Craig Gass back. He's okay, I guess, but like, I don't need more kiss impressions. I don't need Trump impressions. So there's just not much to offer there. It's, it's so sad. The, the only fun thing is the people in my live thread that I get to joke around with and share the pain as a support group for each other. <laughs> um, and anybody who's canceled the show can just check in and see what they're not missing yeah. Um, I appreciate all the kind words from people who mention, you know, I'm doing God's work. And I posted a picture of like a flying nun saying, <laughs> I'll convert you all. And that's kind of like how I feel like a missionary going out telling people, like, don't waste your money. And then we have great fans who will be like, well, here's a free trial. You don't even need a credit card for three months. And that's how, like, I, I won't give away <clears throat> who it is on a thread, but. One of the guys has just gotten by with like free memberships for over a year now. And I love it because Sirius <laughs> isn't getting a penny. He is a great contributor, helps me all the time when I can't be there and everybody else. It's just a fun place, a fun thing to do. Um, 
So we're not alone in our pain and suffering while we're listening. And it's like, no, I'm not crazy. And why am I here? You know, at least I'm here with other people that can make fun of it with me. And that that brings a lot of comfort, I think, to people who maybe listen later in the day and go read back what we write. That's fun, too. So I I, um, I, I've often said when it becomes work, it's not fun anymore. I'm not going to do it anymore. Not going to do it. Right. I got to do it. Uh, just, just as short, just quickly. It's funny that uh, the whole Jackie thing came up because I, I'll go to our sports reference. This whole that whole Jackie negotiation stuff. It kind of, I, I kind of thought about it when uh, the Lamar Jackson situation that's happening with him. Mm. I, I said, "Wow, he's Jackie. <laughs> that's a, he's Jackie. <laughs> he yeah, did, he didn't have a management a management team, and look where he's at now. He's um still." gonna be playing football somewhere but he's he's not gonna i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna be in chuckles next week <laughs> uh but this was a this was this was a fun uh episode to go through man especially when it comes to we are the uh we are the elder statesmen when we go down our rabbit holes we go down you know, through the older stuff the 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 um the formative years the golden age of stern oh and- my gosh yes and for for us to 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 look back at the Miss America book and comments and uh, how to this day those um, sentiments are still alive and well in the show these days, it's a testament to uh, maybe the fact that this show should have been put out of its misery about five ten years ago. <laughs> Who knows? I really believe that you know this last contract did not need to happen and fi- and. Three years before that, didn't need it. Um, it's, I, I think around 2015 is when I, I started rolling my eyes on a daily basis about all the gay stuff of Richard and Sal, or just the way it was so slow. Things just slowed down. Wiggy used to talk a lot faster. Now it's it's like half speed or a quarter speed of what he used to be, and the the pauses are inordinately big. It's um a lot more technical problems now more than ever since they're zooming it or skyping or I don't know what they're doing because Zoom is like thirty minute meetings and then you got to restart. And I wouldn't even understand why they would use that anymore when there's other platforms that are much sure. easier. Uh, less, uh, you know, it's, it's the interface is much easier. I actually use one on my show now that is, you know, and it's inexpensive and it's so smooth with overlays and everything. And yet no one has yet been able to, but they're always late. They move from carts to digital, like five years after the <laughs> five or 10 years after the transition, you know, I remember listening to it the other day, uh, uh, an old episode where uh, Do- uh, Dr. Drew was in there and he's talking about um, his foray into podcasting. And this is 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And he's like, is that a lucrative thing? Can can you make money from that? And he's like, oh, yeah. Lord. Mark Marin was in there at the same time. And he's like, what do you what do you what, 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 how many listeners do you get for your podcast? He goes, every episode, eh, roughly about 350, 400,000. And he's like, really? Wow. Well, he goes, oh, yeah. yeah. And remember, and at that time, Marin, Corolla, Rogan, they were they were the they were the quintessential podcasters. I think the tipping point was the pandemic. 
obviously for the show because they had to leave the office. They had it showed they could all work from home. Mm-hmm. It showed they could interview people from anywhere. They just have to send like a suitcase of equipment or have them show up at the LA office or the New York office. But it showed that Wiggy didn't have to be there. Right. And for him to realize that people like Marin were getting 350,000 listeners, that's more than Wiggy gets now. Yeah. He's lucky if he breaks 100,000. And those are just boomers that don't know how to cancel their their subscriptions. Right. And a couple of us that are just sadomasochists that <laughs> are doing a job and it's painful, what? but we're doing it. We're in the what? mines. We have a stern bashing podcast. I mean, we got we have to keep it going. I have to, I have to listen for that. <laughs> but like I said, I provide a service for people that don't listen. I keep them clued in, and you know, maybe I'll even post the awful Metamucil Man song that he sang this week. <laughs> As if Smell My Tookus wasn't bad enough. Now it's Metamucil Man. It's always like shit and turds and ass, and I'm fucking sick of that shit. My God. <laughs> 14-year-old in a 69-year-old body. It's disgusting. <laughs> the rage is still there, ladies and gentlemen. It is oh, there. it is strong, and it grows some days. <laughs> but thanks again, my dear, for your time. And oh, I, you too, sweetie. It's been, Love it's, you. <laughs> it's been, it's been, <laughs> a, it's been a long time coming due to conflicting schedules, but we wrapped it up, ladies and gentlemen, and thanks again for you, your, your, your time, your listening and for your contributions on Patreon and also your, your viewership and streams on YouTube. You guys have been amazing and great for us all. And and I love your comments, even though I know a lot of you people hate the way I laugh during my shit, but I'm the arty of this show. So I laugh at my own stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thanks. <laughs> Love you guys. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks again for your for your time and Raven. Uh much love and, and will we will we will we do something else soon? We'll find a new one. You got it. All right, guys. And as always, as my send-off will say, goodbye, my sweet loves. Yeah, when midgets get mad, and I've seen this like in show business, uh there was a midget in dirty work and uh the call sheet just said uh like Norm McDonald. Artie Lang, and it just said midget. Oh, and the, the fucking midget went ballistic and called his agent, and his agent was a midget. But this broad is <laughs> no, really, yeah, because I guess they they take care of each other and start screaming at the uh, how midgets, dare you? Uh, those midgets always stick together. He's got a name uh, like uh, uh, like Norman Artie, blah blah blah. And the next day, Maybe he's right. Well, he, he's like hundred percent right. Right, right. But midget. the next, the, it just said midget, like like chair, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. saying and the black. <laughs> You know, well, really right. well some, right. some hilarious kid, though, in the in the office, and as wrong as it says, it was so funny. The next day, the, the midget's name was Paul. Forget his last name. But the next day, it said, Paul the Midget. <laughs> <laughs> no, they still did that. It said, uh, Paul the Midget. Uh, <laughs> and I, and I said, <laughs> 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 well, they want to make sure. <laughs> Who is writing up there? <laughs>